I'm going to read this morning from uh, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17 this morning, picking up where we um, left off uh, last Sunday. So Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. A word of prayer before we continue. Father, thank you once again for your word to us this morning. May our hearts and minds be open and attentive to what you have to say. And by your spirit, may we hear your voice speaking this morning. May our lives be touched and changed. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, like a, a, a good game of football, this is a, a reading of two halves. Uh, the first few verses are this um, glorious uh, liberation and setting free for this poor woman who has been, uh, we're told by Jesus, bound by Satan for 18 years. She's been crippled by this spirit, uh, doubled up. And on the Sabbath, Jesus comes to teach in one of the synagogues. And sees this woman, and it's one of these occasions where um, often in the Gospels, someone who is in great need goes to Jesus because they realise that Jesus may be able to help them. On this occasion, uh, the woman doesn't. Uh, This, we presume, is her regular habit. Despite her infirmity, she wants to be in the synagogue. She wants to be in the place where God is, where God is remembered. She wants to be faithful in her worship, even though uh, she's crippled. Week week in, week out, that's where she goes. And on this occasion, uh, Jesus calls to her. Jesus sees her. Let me just get rid of... um, Sorry, we're having uh, slight technical glitches this morning. And um, I don't want you to be distracted by the default. There we go, that's better. You can look at me now. I've noticed you're looking at the screen. So, um, so anyway, so this is one of those cases where Jesus calls to her and calls her forward and sets her free. And immediately she's healed. Just imagine for her, 18 years. And suddenly she's set free. It's a glorious liberation. But then verse 14, the ruler of the synagogue is indignant Indignant with Jesus because yet again he's broken the rules. 
Yet again, he's desecrated the Sabbath. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. It's a commandment. And healing is counted as work. So the synagogue ruler doesn't even speak to Jesus. He's rude. doesn't even address Jesus. He speaks to the people and he says to them, there are six days for work. You want to be healed? Come on one of those days, but not on the Sabbath. Jesus answers him, answers everyone. You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? And should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated. The people were delighted. So Jesus does this amazing um, healing on the Sabbath. He sets this woman free. He liberates her. All the people rejoice. But the ruler of the synagogue is indignant. The religious leaders and the Pharisees hated Jesus. And one of the reasons they hate him most is because he breaks their rules around the Sabbath. It's one of the reasons that the Pharisees try to find a way of killing Jesus. They are, they are that upset about it. Because for them, the Sabbath is all about keeping the rules. It's all about keeping the law. Because if you keep the law, that will please God and that will, um, that will uh, speed the coming of the Messiah. If you want the Messiah to come and put everything right, then you need to set the conditions for the Messiah to come. And the way that you set the conditions for the Messiah to come is by obeying Sabbath rules. And Jesus is always breaking them. Uh, In uh, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 12, uh, twice in a row, um, Jesus breaks the rules. He's walking through a cornfield on the Sabbath. His disciples are hungry and he begins to pick ears of corn so that they can have something to eat. And the Pharisees are outraged. You can't pick ears of corn on the Sabbath. It's breaking the rules. Uh, He has a conversation with them and then he goes into a synagogue again. There's a man with a shriveled hand and um, they challenge Jesus. They say, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? The answer for them is no, you can't heal on the Sabbath. That's classed as work. He says to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit... Will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and it was completely restored. What a wonderful thing to do. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. They simply, it doesn't compute. You can't be the Messiah and break Sabbath rules. But Jesus points to the heart of what the Sabbath is really all about. We may get the impression from what the Pharisees are doing that, you know, the Sabbath is is life limiting. It's all about things that you're not allowed to do. It's restrictive. Um, When I was growing up, we often used to go and um, visit my aunt. And my aunt, like my mum, was raised as a good, strict Baptist. Emphasis being on the word strict uh, rather than Baptist. And my childhood impression of going to, to, going to visit my aunt was that her whole, her whole life was, it was, it was life limiting. It was all about things that you were not allowed to do, especially on the Lord's Day, especially on a Sunday. 
Um, literally, my, when we went as children on a Sunday, it was, it was like the most boring day of the week because literally there was nothing to do. Um, li- I mean, literally, she had no, um, no television, no radio. They didn't read novels. They didn't read newspapers. Um, they didn't, I, I never remember playing any games. I remember podding peas. I think that was allowed. We podded peas because we had those for lunch. But literally, it was, it was just the most boring day of the week because it was all about things you are not allowed to do. Well, Jesus bursts that um, uh, particular bubble when he says, um, if you have an ox or a donkey and it's thirsty on the Sabbath, don't you untie it and take it out to give it water? In other words, you'll untie a dumb beast and take it to a place of refreshment, but you're objecting to this woman who's been bound for 18 years being untied and set free and liberated. The Sabbath is not about limiting life. It's all about rejoicing in life. It's all about being set free. So the question I want to ask us this morning as followers of Jesus is, are we keeping our Sabbath? Are we keeping a Sabbath? Do you keep the Sabbath? Or are you breaking that particular commandment? Are we keeping a Sabbath? Are we keeping a day that gives us life? Let's go back to where it all began. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, first few verses. God has completed the task of creation. And then we read this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. In six days God has created the world. This is the pattern that he sets. Whether we understand those six days as six periods of 24 hours or six periods of time. God creates in six days and then he rests. Actually the word Sabbath means to stop. It means to cease. You may think when I talk about a Sabbath, are you having a Sabbath? You think, yeah, I have a day off. A day off is not a Sabbath. It's not the same thing. You can be as busy on your day off as you are on the other five or six days of the week. You're just doing things that you're not paid for. So you think, oh, it's a day off. I'm having a day off. You're not actually resting. You're not actually stopping. You're still doing loads of stuff. It's still filled with frenetic activity. It's just a Sunday or whichever it is. God stopped. Another meaning of the word um, Sabbath is to delight. God stops and he delights. He delights in his creation. God blessed the seventh day. And made it holy. There's something very special about Sabbath that is different from all the other days of the week. God blessed it. If we go back to verse 28 of Genesis 2, what do we read? Uh, um, God creates uh, people, Adam and Eve, and then he says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. When God blesses something, it is invested with life. It's meant to be life-giving. God creates human beings and says to them, be fruitful, be life-giving. God blesses this day. He blesses the Sabbath. 
This one day of the week, he blesses it. It's supposed to be life-giving, to give life to us. He blesses it and then he made it holy. If something is made holy, it's made different. It's made distinctive. Whenever we think of um, holiness, often we think of holy places or holy things. Uh, We think of, um, uh, you know, often when people come into the chapel, they comment on the peace that is here and the presence of God that is here. There's something about the holiness of God's presence in this place. I remember my, um, my second curacy uh, I did in um, a town in the northeast, Chesley Street, where the, the church in Chesley Street was the original cathedral of the north. It's older than Durham Cathedral. The church was over 1,100 years old. And when you went in, there was just this holy presence in a place that had been a place of worship for over 1,100 years. Sometimes we think of particular people as being holy, having a presence of God about them. Well, here we have a day, a day of the week that God makes holy. The Sabbath day is not just a, a day of rest. It's not just a day off. It's a day that God has blessed. It's a day that is intended to be life-giving and fruitful. And it's a day that God has made holy. This is a pattern that is built into the fabric of creation that we work for six days. And then we have a Sabbath, which is not just a day off. It's a day for rest and it's a day for worship. And if we fight it, if we resist it, if we try and change it, it's to our detriment. During the French Revolution, they came up with a new calendar and they came up with a new way of doing things. And one of the things that they tried to impose during the French Revolution was a 10-day week. They thought if we work, if everyone works 10 days and then has a break, uh, productivity will go up, we'll be more prosperous. If we, if we work a few more days and then have a break, uh, we'll be more prosperous. So they tried it, work 10 days, then have, a re- then have a rest. What happened? The complete reverse. The economy declined. The suicide rate went up and productivity fell. As studies have shown that human beings are at their most productive when they work 50 hours in a week and then take a break. If we work 50, 55 hours in a week, we reach our, our, we're kind of at the height of our productivity. If we work more than that, studies have shown productivity uh, dips. It's built into the fabric of creation that we work six days and then we take a Sabbath. Let's um, roll on a bit to Exodus, the Ten Commandments. Uh, The people of God have been freed from slavery. They spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt. For 400 years, they haven't had a day off, much less a Sabbath. They've been slaves. They don't get a break. They don't know what it they don't know what it looks like to live as people who are free. Four hundred years of slavery, and then God sets them free. And so they need to know, well, how do we how do we live as free people? How do we live as people who've been liberated by God? Well, God gives them ten commandments, a framework for how they should live their lives, a framework for how we should live our lives as they begin to discover what it means to be Free people. Interesting that one of the commandments 
is about keeping one day. It's about a day of the week. Think about that some of the other commandments that we're very keen um, to, uh, you know, to observe and to obey. You know, shall not murder. Well, that's obvious. We want to keep that one because you know, it's going to be chaos. If we, if we don't have that in place, then lots of people are going to die. Uh, you shall not commit adultery. Well, yeah, we want to keep that one in. Otherwise, it's going to be you know, chaos in relationships. You shall not steal. These are really important. Well, if you were to, um, if you were to make the, the Ten Commandments a pie chart, if you can remember that far back to your education, a pie chart, uh, this commandment to keep, remember the Sabbath day, will be a third of the pie. It's the commandment that has the most detail attached to it. God thinks it's essential for his people to observe this day as they establish themselves as his people set free. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You see, there's a purpose behind it. It's not just a day off. It's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Uh, no one shall do any work, neither you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your animals, nor the alien within your gates. You see, at, at, at one level, the Pharisees were kind of on the right track. They were kind of on the right track because they, they really wanted to be obedient to what God had asked them to do. But they just, they just kind of go mad with all the rules and regulations and it just becomes a restrictive thing. The commandment is, remember the Sabbath day because the Lord blessed it and made it holy. It's supposed to be life-giving. It's supposed to be a day set aside for centering our lives in the holiness of God. There's a lovely story of uh, a missionary, uh, I think in the early part of the, either the 19th or early part of the 20th century, who arrived in Africa, pumped up about telling the good news of Jesus to um, the, the, the tribes people and uh, the indigenous people of, of Africa where he arrived. So he arrives at the port, he hires some local porters and he sets off with great enthusiasm into the interior. They spend the first day hacking their way through the jungle. And uh, uh, in, in the evening they make camp. Uh, nobody sleeps very well because it's hot and noisy but he's keen to get on so first thing in the morning he's getting the porters up. He says, let's go. And the porters refuse to move. And nothing he can do will get them moving. He tries um, cajoling them. He tries bribing them. They just, they just refuse to get up and start off again. And in the end he says, he says why? You know, this, I'm on a really important mission. Why won't you go? And they say, we're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. We're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. Uh, we live in a society that has become so frenetic, so busy, so 24-7, that our souls are exhausted. We have, we're able to do more than we can have ever been able to do before. We have more stuff than we've ever had before. We can go shopping 24-7, but we, are, we have never been as un happy as we are with all of this business and all of this stuff. 
we see it all the time in the news of, uh, of depression, of suicide, of mental health issues, of people struggling with their identity. Our souls are exhausted because we've left them behind in the business of life. That's why God says, take a Sabbath. I remember some years ago being on retreat with some evangelists. And um, on the retreat, we, uh, we sort of go around and share what we're doing. And uh, one particular uh, uh, evangelist who has just an amazing, an amazing fruitful ministry in, uh, uh, in Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland now, was talking about his, uh, what he was doing. And, um, uh, and between Christmas and Easter, just had a, a, an incredibly busy season. They did loads of schools work and loads of events. And literally for three months... He was, he was doing stuff every day of the week and every night of the week. He was speaking at a different event. And uh, he was challenged about why he was breaking this commandment. Uh, challenged very um, uh, firmly, uh, I would say, very firmly. Why do you think it's okay for you to break a commandment, he was asked. He was really challenged because God says, remember, remember the Sabbath day. It's a day for rest and it's a day for worship. Uh, I've, I was, I've really been challenged about this in the, in the last year or so because I've always been very good at taking a day off. Something I've always been very disciplined about since I was first ordained. I've always been disciplined about taking a day off. But it wasn't a Sabbath I used to make, because I'm, I'm really, uh, my kids will tell you that I'm not very good at sitting down. I'm always doing stuff and always finding things to do. It kind of, it's what makes me tick. I'm one of these people that I, I sort of justify my existence by the things that I do. As my father-in-law would say, uh, we are human, be- uh, human beings, not human doings. Uh, well, I'm a human doing. That's how I'm, that's how I'm wired. And so on well, my day off, my day off would be as busy it's all the other days. I would fill it with all sorts of stuff. And a, a while ago, I was, just, I was so challenged to think, actually, actually, it's supposed to be a Sabbath. It's supposed to be a day that gives me life, not leaves me as exhausted as all, all the other days. And so I've become much more, much more intentional about creating a Sabbath in my week. It's obviously not today, because as I'm often reminded, this is the only day of the week that I actually work. Uh, so um, that was a joke. That was a joke, by the way. That's not true, but that's what I'm told. But anyway, so I can't have today as because I do actually work today. Funny enough. So my Sabbath is tomorrow. Monday is my Sabbath, and I become much more disciplined at, at at filtering what I do through the two filters of: is it rest? Is it worship? Is it rest? And is it worship? Am I going to do things on this day that will let my soul be at rest? And am I going to do things today that will allow me to rejoice in the presence of God? When I say worship, I don't want you to get the idea that I spend tomorrow on my knees singing hymns. That does not happen. <laughs> but, you know, I you know, take the dog for a walk and spend time in creation. I slow down. I don't do things like shopping for food. I don't do things like housework. 
Often on my day off, I'd be doing those things. I'm like, oh, I've got to do these things. I've got to do them on my day off. I'm busy all the, all, all the other. I don't do those things. I try not to look at my phone. I don't answer the phone. I don't look at my emails. I don't look at social media. I, I try to stop. To stop. To cease. To enjoy God's creation. To enjoy life. Uh, I enjoy good food on my day off. I have a big fat breakfast sometimes or a big fat brunch and enjoy lovely food and just enjoy life. Enjoy life. The Sabbath is a commandment. God has blessed that day and made it holy so that we may have a day of rest and worship. Just flip forward 40 years to Deuteronomy chapter 5. So uh, in Exodus 20, the uh, the people of God have left slavery and they're, on, they're supposed to be on the edge of entering the promised land. And that's where God, first of all, gives them the Ten Commandments. He says, remember these commandments as you enter the promised land. And the sadness is they don't enter the promised land. They send some spies to take a look around and most of the spies come back and say, we don't like the look of what we see. Tragedy. It's the promised land. And they take a look at it and say, well, there are giants there. They're scary. They're bigger than we are. And so there's a 40-year delay while the people of God wander around in the wilderness. And at the end of the 40 years, they're back about finally to enter the promised land. And so God reminds them once again of the Ten Commandments. And once again, in the middle is this commandment about the Sabbath day. But it's slightly different. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12 A couple of things have changed. In Exodus 20, God tells them to remember. Remember the Sabbath day. Now, it's slightly strengthened. It is observe. Observe the Sabbath day. As you enter this promised land, observe the Sabbath day. And the reason for doing so has changed. In Exodus 20, the reason for... Observe, for remembering the Sabbath day is because it's remembering how God has created the world, how God has set things up, how God has uh, written into the fabric of creation this pattern of work six days, Sabbath for one. Work six days, Sabbath for one. Remember, that's what God has built into the fabric of creation. Now it's slightly different. Verse 15 of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. It's a celebration of freedom. It's our day for rejoicing in liberation. God says to his people, observe the Sabbath day as a day of celebration to remember the fact that once you were slaves, but now you are free. They were set free from a physical bondage, 400 years of slavery in Egypt. What are we set free from? We are set free from sin and death. That's our liberation. We've been liberated to enjoy eternal life. That's our freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. The commandment to obey the Sabbath is just as important and just as relevant. Because it's the day when we remember our freedom. If you like, it's a day for celebrating uh, the fact that we are rebels in this world. 
Because we live differently. We don't live like the rest of the world does. I remember in the early 90s when um, the, the Sunday trading law came in and shops were allowed to open on a Sunday. And I remember being just so upset. So upset about it because it seemed to me, you know, our, our, it was just another sign of our society turning its back on God and saying, actually, every day is ours and we want to do what we want to do on every day. We want to, be, we want to have the freedom to do what we like 24 7. We're going to ignore God's commandment, we're going to ignore the way God has created the world to be. I was absolutely gutted when that law came in. It really, it really upset me because I thought this is, this is our society turning its back on a gift that we have been given. It's a life-giving gift and we have rejected it. It's the people of God. We're supposed to live differently. Supposed to say, actually, we don't need to be swept up in our 24-7 culture because actually that saps our lives. Uh, some of you will be familiar with the, the entertainer um, uh, toy store chain. Uh, you may know that it's owned by a Christian, Gary Grant. And if you look at their shop opening hours uh, on the window of every shop, you'll see they're never open on a Sunday. And it has a little thing saying the board of directors consider Sunday to be... a uh, a special day. Uh, we don't open on a Sunday. A few years ago, uh, Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday. And Gary Grant said, it's a Sunday. We're not going to open. And all his kind of competitors thought he was mad. Because Christmas Eve is one of the biggest shopping days of the year. It's the day when all the men go out. And uh, that was a joke, thank you. And, uh, uh, and especially if you're a toy store... That's one of the day in the year where you do your, you know, your biggest trading day is Christmas Eve. And he said, no, we're not going to open on Christmas Eve. It's a Sunday. It's our Sabbath. And he didn't open and everyone thought he was mad. And I, I think it was one of his best trading years ever. Because God honours us when we honour him, when we're prepared to live his way. The Sabbath is a life-giving gift that God has given us. It's a day for rest, for resting our souls. It's a day for worship, for as, um, as God did when he rested on that first seventh day. He delighted in what he had created. It's a day for us to delight in the things that give us life. And it's a day for uh, putting our stake in the ground and saying, actually, we live differently because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. We celebrate this day because it's the day when we celebrate our freedom. That's why Jesus gets so cross with the Pharisees, calls them hypocrites, because a day that was intended to be life-giving, they have made a day that is life-limiting. It's a day when people should be set free. It's a day when we should be set free. So my challenge for each of us this morning is to ask that question. Are we obeying this commandment? Are we observing this commandment to keep a Sabbath? Not just a day off when we're as busy as we are on all the other days. 
But are we keeping a Sabbath? It's a commandment. It's not a day off. It's a day for rest. A day for worship. A day for refreshing our souls. Let's take a moment or two to reflect. And uh, just in these moments, think about your think about your week. Think about your the days when you um, don't have to work. Do you have a Sabbath? In the midst of your week. Are you giving proper care and attention to your soul? Father, thank you for thank you for the commandments which were given to give us life, which were given to keep us safe. which were given that we might live as you intended us to live. Each one is a gift, a life-giving gift and a life-preserving gift. And Father, thank you for the gift of a Sabbath day. A day to rest and a day to worship. Father, give us grace to keep your commandments. And even today, if today can be our Sabbath, may everything that we do today help us to rest and to worship and to delight in who you are. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.